and welcome back to Assessment, Joining the Dots, the podcast brought to you by GL Assessment or GL Education, depending on where in the world you are. We are the leading provider of formative standardised assessments in the UK and Ireland, and we work with schools in over 100 countries worldwide. We're passionate about supporting teaching and learning by supporting all of you to make the best of the insights from your data, but you don't need to be using our assessments to enjoy this podcast either. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to episode four. I'm Rachel O'Neill and I manage the assessment insights team. My team and I are here to help support schools on improving the experience of using our assessments and also to help with the analysing of the data, the what next through training, webinars, consultations and general support, our aim is to help teachers and senior leaders to get the most out of their assessments, making that data meaningful to therefore help support the students in the best way that they can so that all of your students are succeeding to the best of their ability. The Assessment Insights team are all former teachers. We've all been in the classroom tackling the challenges that that brings with it. We may have all chosen to step away and seek a different path, but one thing is for sure, we are all passionate about supporting schools. That can also be said for our guest today, Laura McInerney. I'm sure many of you have heard of TeacherTap. Along with her friend, Professor Becky Allen, Laura started TeacherTap in 2017. I'm going to be chatting with Laura about highlights of 2023, whilst also looking ahead to 2024. I'm really excited today to be talking to Laura from TeacherTap and I could do a big introduction but I think actually let's hear from Laura herself. Laura it's really lovely to have you today. Thank you for having me. Could you just give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you came about starting up TeacherTap? Of course yeah so I was a teacher in secondary schools in East London absolutely loved it and then through Funny circumstances ended up becoming a journalist, which wasn't what I expected. But I actually ended up being, after the first 13 editions, I was then the editor of Schools Week for about four years. And very different to being a teacher, but a good way of being able to help people in the classrooms because we could phone up the Department for Education and get answers much more quickly than you could get if you were in schools on your own. So I appreciated being able to do that. And we found out lots of interesting things and did some good campaign work. But every week I was writing these editorials and I would be saying teachers think this or teachers think that, sometimes having a go at the education secretary for their knowledge of what teachers did or didn't do. But of course, I, like everybody else, only would have spoken to, even if it was 100 teachers that week, as such a tiny percentage. There are 500,000 teachers across England and Wales. It's 24,500 schools. So you only ever get this tiny snippet. So while I was doing that job, I met Professor Becky Allen. She was over doing education research at the time, and she was starting this project to try and survey at the time what was going to be trainee teachers. And I said, look, if you're going to put a little app on teachers' phones and you are going to be asking them questions every day, could we ask all teachers these questions? And could we share the results every day? So that way, when people like me write editorials or the education secretary stands up and gives speeches that we actually find out really what's going on on the ground across the country. And so that's why together in 2017, we created this little app, TeacherTap, now sits on the phones of thousands of teachers and on any given day, about 10 and a half thousand teachers actually answer. So that's not how many we ask, that's how many answer the question. And we use that then to give these findings which are shared on the app each day and we reweight them, we make them 
kind of more interesting. We share blogs every week and, and make sure the findings get out into the sector. So, yep, classroom to newspapers to running an app, which is not what I thought I'd do. Absolutely brilliant. As a former teacher myself of over 20 years, the Teacher Tap app just resonates so much with me, particularly looking at the questions you ask. Why do you think it is that so many teachers engage with it on a daily basis? As we know, the teaching profession is full of difficulty at the moment, to put it mildly. And so do you think it's giving teachers a bit of an outlet, an anonymous outlet to really express how they feel? Definitely. I think that anonymity and being part of something bigger is important. There's a question we ask usually on New Year's Day where we say a genie has appeared and it's offering you one of three things. Would you like a total well-being for you and your colleagues? Would you like top exam results for every pupil in your school? Or number three, would you like a million pounds in your bank instantly? Now, of course, if you ask that in a room full of people and you get them to put their hands up, they can sometimes be very reluctant to put their hands up for the million pounds. But when you ask anonymously on the app, what you find is the vast majority of teachers will take the million pounds. And so that anonymity does mean that we get yes, frustrations, uh, we can get the outlet. But also, you know, we ask people questions like, did you enjoy your week? Over 80% of teachers a lot of the time will say that they enjoyed working that week. So there's also an outlet of how great the job is. And sometimes you don't always feel empowered to talk about how brilliant it is because if you're sat in a staff room with lots of people who've had a bad day, you don't want to be the person who goes, well, you know, year seven, they were excellent for me. But actually, it's important that we get all of those voices across. So I think the anonymity enables people to feel they can take part and means we get really honest results. I think that's so true, isn't it? Because obviously I chose to leave teaching nearly three years ago now and change direction and come and work for GL. And when people say, why did you give up teaching? Why have you taken a different direction? My automatic reaction is to generally talk about what the negative feelings I was having about the profession at the time were. But actually, you're right. There were so many aspects of the teaching profession that I still loved. I loved working with the children. I loved seeing the children's reactions. I worked in a really supportive school with a great team around me. But you do tend to push that aside sometimes. So I think you're absolutely right. And actually, that's really handy that you've brought up your genie on New Year's Day because we're obviously in December. We're coming towards the end of 2023. And looking back at the year we've just had, what do you think would have been the three highlights or challenges that have really taken you by surprise with the teacher tap surveys? So this year, I think there are two topics that have stood out, which are big in schools at the moment. They're big everywhere. So maybe they're not that surprising on, on the one hand. But when I give you the figures, I think you'll see why these stood out. First of all, we ask about recruitment and retention. So that's one topic which I think is really big and is going to continue to be big for schools, particularly secondary schools, because we've got the baby bulge going through secondary schools at the moment. There's a very large population. It means lots of schools have needed to recruit even more staff in an environment when that is challenging, particularly for support staff because of the changes in the minimum wage, because of changes around flexible working and other employers. It's now much more difficult to get people to be learning assistants, librarians, science technicians, and so on. So schools are really struggling with recruitment and retention. But we've been asking questions on this since 2017. And back then, if we asked you expect to be a teacher in three years time, across the profession, 77% of people said they did. And now that has fallen to 59%, which is just a dramatic fall to go from 77 to 59. 
And I don't think it means that all of those teachers will leave. I think lot will stay simply because it's not that easy once you're further on in your career to walk out and get a job elsewhere. And because people are often committed to being there for the children. But it does tell us that there's something about people not necessarily wanting to be there or looking at the door. And that's a big problem because schools rely on an awful lot of goodwill. And so if you have people who are thinking, uh, I don't expect to be able to carry on doing this because it's too overwhelming or it's too exhausting, I think that's a real problem. The other figure is that for about nine months of this year, everyone was telling us behaviour was worse. So we could see that teachers were saying behaviour is so much worse than it used to be. And of course, people will say, well, look, teachers are always a bit negative. They always think everything is worse. But again, we've got data from when we asked about this in 2018. And at that time, only 13%, 1-3% of teachers felt that behaviour had deteriorated significantly since they started. That figure is now 42%. So definitely teachers feel that behaviour is much worse. However, we also survey about your lesson that day, either the last lesson or at 11am. And we weren't finding big changes in behaviour. It all looked the same. So people felt everything was worse, but actually it didn't seem to be getting any worse on the ground. And that's been a big surprise. We've been grappling with it all year. There's lots of different theories as to why that might be. But we are now, as we head into the winter, starting to see that behaviour, even on a day-to-day basis, does look like it is getting much worse. So the first two so far are really about things getting not good and really much worse even than I was expecting. I know it's hard on the ground, but those figures are a bit dispiriting. The third finding, however, is at least a more positive one. Um, Early in the year, we did a bit of an experiment. So now on TeachTap, we mostly ask three multiple choice questions each day, so they're very quick to answer, but we can do some open text questions. We started doing them this year. And we asked people about the morale in their school. We said, was it high or low? They picked. And then we asked them why. And of course, we then analysed the differences between people who were in low morale schools and high morale schools. Those in low morale schools talked about what I've just talked about a lot of the time, behaviour and workload. They said it was really bad. What was interesting in the high morale schools was not that there was an absence of behaviour. They didn't say, oh, our kids behave perfectly all the time. And they didn't talk about the workload. They went bouncing out at three o'clock. But Rachel, they said the same as what you said earlier. They said the words team and supportive. And that seems to be the difference between high morale and low morale is something around how people support each other in a school, how they're there for each other, how they show up. Simple things like saying thank you. If someone is having a really huge amount of workload, doing what you can to strategically step in. Primary school teacher talked about the fact that she was very pregnant. Several months into her pregnancy would be a better way to explain that. And um, and a, a staff member came in and just took over her lesson for 20 minutes so that she could go and sit down on a hot day because it was just too overwhelming. And I don't know if that's a surprising finding but certainly for me after years and years of researching and trying to look at recruitment retention and workload to learn that the thing that's making a difference is people saying thank you being strategic helping you if you've had a bad day giving you a biscuit or a cup of tea it's sort of disheartening it's not like I'm going to win any Nobel prizes for it but on the other hand I love it because it shows what's in the grasp of teachers And so that's why this year as well, we moved to building our school surveys platform. So this is where people can also survey their own staff. We've had years of people saying, can we do TeachTap in our school? And now you can do a sort of version of it called school surveys and then helping leaders find out, is the culture the same in your school? What is the morale like and what can you do 
to change it as well. So it's been it's been an exciting year. I don't know what you think of those findings. I think that is so interesting. I was chatting with a colleague just the other day and her husband is also a teacher. And she was saying that they were expected to stay really late at school that evening for an event that was happening. And she said her husband came home at half past nine and had had nothing to eat since lunchtime. And she said, I just couldn't believe it. They'd expected these teachers to stay that late into the evening. They hadn't offered any of the staff anything to eat. Just that little bit of thought would have made that group of teachers feel so much better rather than to then come home at half past nine, be exhausted from a really long day and still needing to eat. But also to think that people within your school haven't been given a second thought on about that basic need. So yeah, I I think as, as much as I'm probably equally just as shocked by some of that, it just rings true with me as well. So that was your three highlights from 2023. Beginning to look ahead to 2024 now, what do you envisage possibly being some hot topics moving into next year? Given everything that's happening with behaviour and of course attendance at the moment, I cannot see that that is going to go away as a topic. Um, Some interesting work we've done on school surveys where we've seen schools that have decided to survey on behaviour in their school. We actually have three different modules of behaviour questions because it's such a complicated uh, issue to get into and there's different facets of it that people sometimes want to survey on and then survey again and get deeper and deeper. And um, we had one particular school that went quite hard on behaviour. So they found out from their staff that their policies weren't very firm or usable or clear compared to our benchmarked schools. So then SLT put loads of effort into redoing the behaviour policy. And when they resurveyed, people now said, yes, it's firm and it's useful and it's clear. But they also said it was less reasonable for the staff because they were now expected to do a lot more. And it was such such a good example of the fact that with behaviour and attendance, I think it's going to be a long haul to get it right. You will probably put some new improvement in place and that will cause something else to go wrong or potentially exhaust more people. And then if you end up with more teacher absence because they're overexhausted, then actually that makes the teaching and learning less good, which can have a knock-on impact for whether or not people feel they ought to turn up for their lessons. And so it can go in a bit of a spiral. But what we saw this school do was they didn't get disheartened. They carried on, they kept tweaking, they kept trying to improve and they did that over an 18-month period until things got better. And so I think behaviour and attendance will continue to be a big deal throughout 2024. Solutions will come on the table, but everyone is going to have to keep battling through because there won't be any silver bullets that will solve it once and for all. So the other one that keeps coming up, and I was at a conference last week, the EdTech Summit, in which the second you mention AI, you just have huge throngs of crowds who want to come and hear you talk. So if anyone is putting on any conferences in the next year, do get yourself someone talking about AI at some point because it's very jazzy. But I don't think we can get away from the fact that technology has changed in the last 12 months. There are now things that can be done by machines that couldn't be done before. And I don't just mean lesson plans, which is a big focus, but also I know of head teachers who are writing difficult letters to parents, being coached and guided and chatting through with um, a, a, a chatbot like ChatGPT, Claude Bard and so on. And I think there is a great deal of potential as well for young people to be able to get help from computers. For example, I saw last week a college who's already written a prompt manual for its staff in terms of what they could do for resources and also that they had students on their phone when they needed help with their work. The first person they had to ask was 
an equivalent of chat GPT and then it would give them some ideas back first and then only if they were still stuck would they then go to the teacher. So there's all kinds of potential in technology over the next 12, 12 months, which um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Some of it won't always be brilliant as well, of course. There's lots of scepticism. Don't just be uploading data willy-nilly. Don't just give everybody these tools and think they'll do it one and done. But I think there is the potential to change things for the better in some ways. Yeah, I think AI is definitely going to be at the forefront and an interesting one to keep following and discussing. As we know, teachers are so up against it. And actually, if there are elements of AI that can reduce some of that preparation time for teachers, such as report writing, for example, then I think that could be a complete game changer for something like the education profession to actually give some time back to the teachers to teach and take away some of that admin. So your own personal thoughts and feelings now, what would you like to see change for the education landscape in the year ahead? For several years now, I've said that in order to help schools, I think actually there are other public services that need a lot of help. I think schools are doing the absolute best they can at the moment as the authority or public service, which has essentially taken a whole bunch of stuff that's rolled down a hill and is now left with schools. So the fact that um, a lot of local authorities are struggling to get social workers, struggling to get council workers, the cuts have meant that there isn't as much youth work available, that housing is unstable. And schools like the police and like hospitals are kind of always at the end. You know, everything else can be cut away, but they will have to deal with it. And I do think that one of the reasons why there is greater pressure in schools, why we've got the behaviour, why we've got the attendance problems is A, because those services have gone and B, because child poverty has increased so dramatically in the last few years. And when we are in a country where one in four young people is living in a family considered to be in poverty um, and, and now we are learning not just kind of relative poverty, but a good chunk of that are in absolute destitution where they don't even they're not even able to afford that the housing um heating to be clean then actually until a lot of that gets resolved schools will only ever be doing their absolute best to keep a lid on what are much bigger issues for them and it also means that the core business of school around learning gets harder and that will feel more and more stressful for people because when you've got to do harder jobs with fewer resources, it, it does inevitably lead to a stress. So for me, over the next 12 months, what I would like, and I don't mind how it happens, whether it's a change of government, whether it's a change of heart, always one of my favorite things that can happen. But at some point, I think we have to realize that um, a rethink around income structures in the country and public services is needed because otherwise schools will be doing an impossible job. They'll carry on doing it. Many people will do it in committed ways, but it, it won't be possible at the same rates that it has been in the last 20 years. Yeah, I think you've made a really good point there. Absolutely. Well, Laura, it's been absolutely wonderful to speak to you. I could just keep talking to you for hours. We tap into TeacherTap quite often to use your statistics, both for some of those hard-hitting ones and to just put a bit of positivity about teaching back into our lives as well. And so I think that the Teacher Tap resource is such a fabulous thing you've started. And I know so many teachers use it and love it. So thank you so much for taking the time out today to come and meet with me. And I look forward to the new questions coming up in 2024. Thank you for having us. Now on to our light bulb moment. This time from Claire McDougall from Wellingborough School, with special thanks from us for sharing their story. 
The light bulb moments allow us to share your stories to understand the power of data. Perhaps you know already how you can get the most from your assessments, or perhaps you'll learn something new and be able to take something away from the stories shared. What was the moment you realised the power of your GL assessment data? What difference did it make to you or your learners? What did you learn? What problem did it help you to solve? Hello, my name is Claire McDougall and I'm Head of Curriculum and a Year 3 teacher at Wellingborough Prep. My light bulb moment was um, recently when I started with dealing with a young pupil who wasn't making the progress we would like. Their standardised scores were low for English and maths and their past data showed a lack of self-esteem and their low perception of themselves as a learner. I also knew that the pupil wasn't being adequately supported at home. So put a plan in place at school to raise their profile, give them some responsibility. But we also presented the data to parents. Um, with this, parents became much more supportive and placed a greater emphasis on reading and completing their child's homework. Over time, things started to improve for the child and their standardised scores continued to go up. By getting the parents back in, they were really able to see the effect that their efforts at home have had on their child and how things have improved significantly. The child's now scoring above the national average for reading and maths and continues to make good progress. By completing these tests every half term, we're able to keep a close eye on other pupils in a similar situation and make interventions as soon as we see things starting to slip. So to get involved, it's really easy. All you need to do is send us a WhatsApp voice note with your contribution to 0791751 Many thanks to all those who have sent their voice notes in so far. We have absolutely loved listening back to these and look forward to sharing more next time. Thank you so much for joining the fourth episode of Assessment, Joining the Dots podcast. It was great to hear Laura's thoughts on 2023 and the up and coming 2024. But what are your thoughts? What are your highlights of the year? What would you like to see change for 2024? If you would like any more information from us, please head to our training and support site, support.gl-assessment.co.uk or support.gl-education.com, depending on where you are in the world. You can also tweet us at gl underscore assessment or at at gl underscore education and email us if you'd like to know more or contribute. We'd love to hear from you. The email address is podcast at gl-assessment.co.uk. Please do follow our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Subscribe to be notified when new episodes are available. It would be amazing if you shared with your friends and colleagues on social media and rate our podcast as well. Everyone here at GL wishes you all a fabulous Christmas and let's look forward to 2024 and embrace what may come. Please do join us next time where the conversation will be with Gary Orbin from Whole Education, who will be talking about everything SEND. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. Music